This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Yeah, it's it's kind of, um, it's a little bit of a gift and a curse, some of the things that are going on with Sacramento, because you, you see different publications and uh, magazines and articles, and they'll say, like, what's the top five up-and-coming cities in the country. Mm-hmm. And Sacramento, like, routinely is in the top yep. five. Like, the, yep. Sacramento's booming and all this other stuff. But I remember one time George Carl um, said, because after his time being here in Sacramento, he said something that always stuck with me, was Sacramento is a town that's making the transition into a city. And my thought, and you just kind of touched on it a little bit, is, like, I love that transition. That's awesome. That is great. Like I said, somebody that's born and raised here, see what's going on downtown, see the you know expansion, how it is becoming you know a bigger city right in front of our very eyes. But how do we grow while not leaving people behind? And that's that's something that I I don't know. I don't have the answer to, but I hope we find an answer for. Well, part of that is about protecting the things that are beautiful about Sacramento, right? So the idea that we are really a heavily neighborhood-focused city is important. Mm -hmm. And so that means that when we think about investment, we shouldn't only be investing in our downtown corridor. Mm -hmm. We should be investing all around the city. I think, uh, you know, an admirable goal for us would be that if you were in your community, you don't have to leave but you sometimes like to, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that mm-hmm. you're going to come downtown to see something. You're going to, you know, maybe go across town because you really like that specialty grocery store that's on Stockton Boulevard. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to leave your community in order to be able to buy groceries and be able to do the basic things you need right. within your neighborhood. And that that really is an aspirational goal. And it's actually one of the reasons why I decided to get involved with Measure U, which was the sales tax Um, community oversight board because there was going to be this new 70 million dollars coming into the city's budget and I was like look I I think we should think about spending this on the things that were promised during the campaign Mm -hmm. which is inclusive economic development making sure we're investing in those corridors you know that that have not always had an opportunity in small businesses and things like that around town and then also housing and homelessness right making sure that we're addressing these concerns and this was five years ago so when we were still you know below five that five you know five thousand or so people experiencing homelessness so it had doubled but it hadn't quadrupled yet Um, and then also the arts community, which is, again, another great opportunity right here in Sacramento that we don't take as close advantage of. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to be able to volunteer and help us figure out strategically where to put those dollars every year. And then, unfortunately, our city failed to do what they promised us they were going to do, which is spend money on those three things. And instead, the money, you know, ended up just going to where it always goes, which is, you know, our police budget and, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit here and there. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, here was an opportunity for us to really invest mm-hmm. and be able to do that strategic growth that you're talking about. How mm-hmm. do we grow without leaving people behind? Mm-hmm. And we missed the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Has this city, Dr. Flo, has this city recovered from the pandemic? No. No, we haven't. We use the pandemic relief dollars to be able to address some of the concerns in the pandemic, but we also used it to be able to address some long-term concerns that were happening here. So again, when we were talking about affordability, you know, the housing costs were already starting to go up before mm-hmm. the pandemic. And when we got the COVID relief dollars, the city spent some of that money to just be able to help people stay housed, right? Mm-hmm. You need a couple hundred dollars here and there to be able to make rent. And when we exhausted all the money in that pot, we still had 4,500 people on that list waiting to get money. Mm -hmm. Um, And so their problems didn't just originate. I mean, yes, people lost jobs during the pandemic and all of that, but the problems didn't just originate during the pandemic. Some of these 
major deep-seated issues. When we look at who got COVID and who died from COVID, it's very predictable. If I were to tell you right now, hey, there's going to be an emergency and it's going to you know, show up in these ways, you'd be able to tell me, well, Black and Latino communities are probably going to the low income. Like, you can kind of predict it. And so mm-hmm. if you can predict it, that means that there's a discernible pattern. Mm-hmm. And that means that when we are working on addressing the immediate needs, we're also trying to right historic wrongs that we haven't done right by yet. So no, we're not out of the hole. We saw so many businesses shutter and close. People lost jobs and have not been able to regain that income. Um, And then the housing prices have continued to skyrocket, making things even worse. Now, I don't want to make it like everything is is, is okay and everything because you've laid out some of the things that uh, are struggles and things that, that we have to work on as a city. But I remember I would talk to people often three, four years ago and, um, you know, th- for whatever it was, whether it was like growth, really things to do, um, having a good time in the city. They're like, man, Zach, there ain't nothing going on in here. Like it's dead, yada, yada, yada. And I would always say, yes, but one of the things that we haven't seen is the Sacramento King good. And I'm a believer that when the Kings are good, that is the heartbeat of this city, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Like some people would say that's not a good thing that a sports team so much power and, and uh, sway over people's emotions in a city. But I think that's what it is here. You speak to this importance of sports and kind of the Kings in the city. When the Kings are good, it's, it feels like a different place as opposed to when they were bad like the last 15, 16 years. So I know sometimes we trivialize sports because there are like bigger pressing issues, right? We're facing world hunger and you want to talk about the World Cup. Right? <laughs> so like I get people's people's understanding of it. But what we're really talking about is culture. Mm. We're talking about how a place sees itself and how connected we feel to our neighbors. Mm. And so there are often ways that connection can be built. Sometimes it's built through strife, right? We've been through something together. So we are, you know, built through the fire, these bonds. But other times it's we've had something to celebrate together that has allowed us to cross over boundaries that typically exist. Mm. And so the truth is, you know, for, for worse, when people put on a King's jersey and say go Kings and light the beam, you that's the thing that stands out as your connection point. But your race or your religion or where you work or what you do. Like in that moment, you both are just two Kings fans excited about the place you live and the team. And that mm. is power. It can be a starting point to be able to have other conversations. It can be a bridge builder and a builder. And so that's why it's important. And that's why it shouldn't be trivialized. Um, I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time and recognize that these are also other problems. Right. But it's a lot easier to start to bring people together when people are good. Yeah. And let's be honest, humans, you know, largely driven by emotions, even though we all think we're logical, rational creatures. And our emotions dictate. If you up and you stub your toe first thing, you are probably going to have a, you just like, we just won't get right, right? Like if you wake up in the morning and the first you hear is something positive, and you carry that same in all day long. And so winning is exciting. We release endorphins. I'm a public health person. It has a physical impact on us, a chemical um, change to how we are in the world. And so Sport incredibly important, that not only for the paying them, which mm-hmm. is also a, a big part, but also people who are experiencing them together. There's a reason why going to the stadium, you can feel electricity, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. It's like yeah. there is, there's an excitement there. This isn't a trick question because of who you're talking, but more professional sports in Sacramento important. I do think it's important that we have professional sports in Sacramento. I think it's important that we look to make sure that those investments are serving the entire community. Mm -hmm. So I will be the first to say, like, especially because, you know, this is um, a show when we're talking about black issues. It bothers me that there are no black owned businesses inside Golden One. Mm -hmm. We had four black members of our city council and a mayor when, you know, that that project was planned. And it was great that we had we did get black people who were involved in the trade, involved in the the building. Mm -hmm. The building only happens for a short period of time. Golden One is going to be here for a very long time. And so when I think about economic opportunity, I think the city should have said, look, $20 million a year into this project, we want to make sure that people from all the different neighborhoods have an opportunity. And maybe that's five-year leases at Golden One. And we start off with a discounted price and you pay more as, you know, your business, you know, boosts from you being in Golden One. Like, I think there were some opportunities for us. So for me, 
when we're talking about these projects, which are often publicly funded with dollars that we pay, I want to make sure that everybody in Sacramento has an opportunity to go to Golden One, not just people who can afford King's tickets, Mm -hmm. because everybody in Sacramento is paying in for Golden One. And so I think the city should have reserved some rights to be able to have a few events that were open access every year Mm -hmm. so that this would really feel like a community asset as opposed to an asset for the, the wealthier people in town. And I say that fully understanding that I was a King season ticket holder and that Mm -hmm. is a major privilege that Mm -hmm. I had to hold season tickets for 12 years. And I I just I don't think that when we spend money with public dollars, it should be only and exclusively available to the people who can then, after paying for the project, also have to pay an entrance fee. Well, I mean that's that's a that's a great point. I would I would point out, and I want to know what you think. I think the uh, the Kings and Vivek they've done a really good job of staying connected to the mm-hmm. black community. I, I, that's one thing that um, I've been critical of in the past. Cause mm-hmm. I remember the previous ownership and the previous regime, no disrespect to anyone. But I'm from South Sacramento. Mm-hmm. I will go to basketball camps in Oak park. Uh, these guys would come to the Salvation Army, you know, for practices and things of that nature. Dale Roberts had a connection with them and he would bring these guys there. And I would see them every single day. And there became a time when I wouldn't see them no more. And they would, you know, hold camps, you know, all over in Rockland and El Dorado Hills and other places, as opposed to coming back to Oak Park or being in South Sacramento. And one of the things that I think Vivek and this group has done, they've done a good job of coming back into the black community and coming back into the city of Sacramento. And and just because they're doing that doesn't mean they can't continue to do that or find ways to improve like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I think they have done a, a a pretty good job, and they're moving in the right direction. They launched Jobs. an entire department to make yeah. sure that that was the case. That yeah. our our friend Kendra yeah. Montgomery Black yeah. has yep. jobs not done. Yep. Jobs Kendra. not done. Shout out to Kendra. Yeah, jobs not done. But I, right. I want to salute them because I yes. think they have done a, absolutely, a good job. absolutely. I mean, I, I you know I was more so talking about the the arena no, than I, I was I, I get the, you. the team. Yeah. But yeah, I think they have. I mean, you know, they have like some of the players in conjunction with the Kings have you know built basketball courts and mm-hmm. have done things mm-hmm. around town to be able to you know ones in Oak Park right and they're you know yeah. kind of all over yeah. town. And so that's important, and it's one of the reasons why I was really excited that Councilmember Mai Vang is really trying to use the 102 acres in South to be able to bring a sports yeah, complex there. Yeah. And so to your question about like professional sports, I think there's also an opportunity for, you know, we have a lot of kids who play sports in this region mm-hmm. and being able to have, you know, a stadium or a facility available where people can come and play sports in the same way that, you know, the aquatic center in Natomas mm-hmm. should really be an opportunity for us to address the gap that especially exists in black communities where black kids don't learn to swim and are 14 times more likely to drown mm-hmm. um, than their counterparts. Like that's now we have a facility. Let's let's bus yeah. and get those kids yeah. up there to yeah. learn how to swim. Right. Yeah. Um, and to be a part of that, because that's that's important for our safety in the same way. I want to make sure that, you know, if the, that's sports complex is going to be there, that we can have vendors and small mm-hmm. businesses that are benefiting the community, that people can see an asset in their communities that they can be a part of, that they can actually play sports there, yes. whether intramural and recreational or whether yeah. competitive, right? Like this is a way, again, to build the way we feel. And I would also love as the daughter of a man who coached eighth grade girls basketball, um, along with his be- his best friend, another black man um, who coached, coached a rival team. And so literally – 30 years later, my Uncle Vince is still sending me newspaper clips of the times that he beat my dad <laughs> when, when they were coaching the girls. But these were here these were these, you know, large black men who were deeply invested mm-hmm. in girls sports. Yeah. Um, and that's who raised me. Right. So I also think there is a gap still in terms of I sometimes joke and say that if you are a boy Somebody throws a ball at you, makes you run down the street and just tests out, like, do you have any natural affinity? Mm -hmm. But I feel like there are a lot of girls out there who have a natural affinity to sports Mm -hmm. who no one ever throws the ball and makes run down the street and jump and whatever else. And so they're untested. Um, I have a really good friend who, like, her husband played, you know, football in college. And he's like, she's actually, like, raw talent. I had to work to beat her when we did a foot race one time. (laughs) Like, if somebody had ever trained her, she might have, like, been, you know, a great track star or something, right? Yeah. But nobody did. And yeah. so that's another like missed opportunity for me is that there's an opportunity for girls to play sports, too. Yeah. And when we have those sports complexes and other opportunities, we should be thinking about bringing them in as well. Yeah, I, I haven't checked up on the one that you're talking about in Metaview, but I, I really hope that gets done because mm-hmm. that 
that would be that'd be so important for that whole community, man. And right, there's back. there's nothing around there like that. You see a lot of that stuff out here in Rockland and and all this other stuff. And I I really hope that gets taken care of. So. Every community should have something that people want to come to it for that, you know, there's a pride thing, just like the Kings when they're winning and we feel good about ourselves. It's like you came to my neighborhood for this. Mm -hmm. Right. Like whatever that is, that's Mm -hmm. that's important that every neighborhood has that. Come on, man. The next mayor of Sacramento. Come on, man. Let's go. Come on, man. The next mayor of the city of Sacramento. Let's go. Dr. Flo. Hey, thanks for coming to hang out with us. Thank you so much. Thanks for letting us learn a little bit about you. Uh, even the Michigan stuff. I did catch I mean, the, that, part, that just took the frozen tears. The frozen that. tears Negative leaving 40. leaving leaving the big house. Like I, I got I got that. No, it's just fine. No, it <laughs> happened. It was, it, was a, it was a rough seventeen years for y'all. I'm glad y'all got you one. Know, it was cute. That's how you feel. It was cute. I'm glad you y'all got one. Like it was cute. Yeah. So let's let's be clear. Don't let me say something else. Let's be clear for the people who are listening. Tell me why you you and I got connected by Io Io Taylor. The sole reason I am an Ohio State fan is because Io Taylor has been my best friend for 30 years. Mm-hmm. He's from Cleveland. He wrote me into that trash, and now I'm stuck. Well, look, nobody can't perfect. get out. Nobody's perfect. It's and, okay. And, and, this and, is and, not a hostage situation. Nah. <laughs> you, well, you can leave. It's been this 30 years. Yeah. It's been 30 years. You left the Cowboys. What, what it like I did leave the Cowboys. Cost. So you're saying? Oh, listen! Look at you. Yeah, now I got to go. See, now the Buckeyes <laughs> gonna win the national championship next year. Five Stay there. Stay there. Yeah. Hey, Stay there. Stay hey, hey. Doctor Flo. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk to Joe Davidson. And oh my God, the strike is over. De'Aaron and Harrison Barnes spoke today. Well, I'll be damned. You'll hear from both of those guys when D'Lo and Casey return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my word. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. All right, we mentioned uh, De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes spoke today. Uh, we will, you'll hear from them. Um, Sean Cunningham, uh, that, Victor you, Newman, you, you heard be that, damned. You heard that correct. De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes spoke today. <laughs> And so is the sports writer of the Let's century. Air horns. Come on, Air man. Horns. Come on, man. The, the sports writer of the century. There he is. Our there man, is. Joe Davidson. <laughs> Joe D. What's up, buddy? Well, thank you for the shout out. I, I don't know about the century. I should get cash prizes if it's for a century. <laughs> but uh, that was a cool honor to get last week and nominated by my peers, guys who usually win this statewide award are people who cover the major league baseball, the NFL and NBA. And rightfully so those guys are grinders. So it was nice to, to win that because it also shows and reflects that local journalism matters. Well, and, and we applaud that. Well, let, let me, let me say, and Damien, I know, you know, the same thing, Joe Davison, come on, man. When you talk about a fixture in this city, mm-hmm. I mean, I was, I was a freshman at McClatchy like hoping and praying for the day that Joe D would mention me in one of his stories. You know what I mean? And when that happened, I, I'll never forget um, 
we had a playoff game against Wilsey Wood my senior year. I had 19 points. You know, I was feeling great. Joe D talked to me for a little bit after the game. And I go to it's a Friday night. I go to sleep. I wake up. Ah, oh my God. Like Saturday morning. I'm like, what what happened? I'm dead sleep. My mom gets the paper. Caraway leads Lions past Wilsey Wood. There's a picture of me. Joe D wrote it. And it was the biggest thing in the world. Cause Joe D like so so I mean, come on, man. This is this is the kind of guy we're talking about. And I'm I'm just one of hundreds of thousands of kids who have the same feeling if Joe Davison wrote oh, something was, about them in the paper. It's a so, great flashback and, yeah, and I always Kenny and I we always joke and hey Kenny, how's your mom? How's your mom? How's your mom? <laughs> you know, and and uh thank goodness for your your sweet mom and, and I know she's uh you know, been a loyal fan of both of you guys and proud of you guys. And uh, no, that's it's, and you know, I've shared this with you. I did the Kings. I did the everyday Kings beat when the Rick Adelman years and, and, and uh, Mike Bibby and Chris Weber and Peja and Vlade. And it was a blast, but I just really feel a, a comfort zone on the local beat. And we got guys like Jason Anderson and Chris Biederman grinding away out there uh, with the Kings. And I don't miss the travel. I don't miss the road trip. And I don't miss the media boycotts. And I'm glad that Darren Fox spoke today. I don't know what the root of it was. Uh, uh, but Alleged I, I, media I, boycotts. <laughs> I sense he's a super competitive guy and there's a lot of pressure on him and, um, you know, and those kind of things. But kudos to him for, for speaking. It reminds me of when the Kings lost game seven in 2002, the Western conference finals against the Lakers. And it's mandated by the NBA that players are made available mm-hmm. the next day. Mm-hmm. And only Vlade Divac came out mm-hmm. and everybody else blew it off. And the Kings got fined heavily for that. And I remember asking Vlade, I said, why are you here? And he goes, it's my job as the team leader to represent this team. Mm-hmm. And I just, I always thought that's what made Vlade Vlade. Mm-hmm. And so uh, kudos to De'Aaron Fox today for, for talking. Um, the media is not your enemy. Uh, I know some people will try to craft it and spin it that way. Sometimes we hear about it in high school sports. Oh, the media is out to get you and, and hose you. No, no, you're, you're overthinking it. Uh, the media doesn't have to be your friend per se, but they do work hand in hand. And you know, we're all trying to tell the stories of, of what people might be curious about. Yeah. Not to turn this into another episode of This Is Your Life, but Joe, like how much has media changed, you know, since you since you you talked about, you know, covering the Kings, you know, 20 some odd years ago, like how much has what you do for a living changed? Well, it's changed a lot. You, you know, like when Kenny, when I'm when when his mom's screaming because he's in the paper the next day. Um, well, now she would probably be screaming in the parking lot because we'd have a tweet on yeah. Kenny yeah. scoring 19 points and signing autographs and this and that. And his mother saying, come on, we got to get home kind of thing. And, uh, but so then you have to embrace that. Look at what we're doing here. We have this on the radio. We have it online. We have it on YouTube. We have all these different platforms. We could promote that. We're going to be a, a guest on your show through social media. Um, you know, we see the sound bites of De'Aaron Fox uh, uh, and, and Harrison Barnes from just moments ago. So in a lot of ways, it's 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 great. But, um, you know, there's sometimes there's too much of a rush to try to break news and got to have it first. And I, I think any good journalist will say, hey, it's good to have it first, but just make sure you have it right. Yeah. You don't want to have the wrong name and the wrong this or the wrong that. And um, so I've rolled with the social media when I was doing the Kings. We didn't have any of it. We didn't have any of it at all. Now it's a big thing and a lot of podcasts, which are great and blogs and all that. And, you know, for high school and colleges, uh, social media can be a great thing, but I've also spoken to teams and about the evils of social media. And I have a motto. If you're not mature enough to say the right thing on social media, mm-hmm. if you want to badmouth somebody or you're complaining about this or that, then you're not mature enough to, to even be on social media. Mm-hmm. And, and it could, it could help promote your team. Uh, and it could also help buckle your, uh, ambitions if you're doing stupid things or retweeting things that aren't very favorable and and, and things like that and uh, look how it's changed on the uh, on, on you guys' end too yeah. you, you could be heard so much more now it used to be you did a radio show and it's live and then it's gone yep. right. and now you could you could link it and, and go back to it and uh you know all those kind of things so it's it's a good thing and sometimes it's kind of I mean, I cringe when I hear that maybe people are going to have to start paying $10 a month on 
Twitter or something or mm-hmm. X, uh, which I hope not because that's a, that's a big thing for, for what I do. Mm-hmm. Well, Hey Joe, you know, all these years later, whether it's a, an article in the paper or mention in one of your blurbs or now it's a tweet. Uh, I just think it's amazing that your acknowledgement still matters to so many people. If Joe no, D I said, if Joe D said you played a good game last night, man, you can't tell me nothing, or you know, or anything like that, man. So salute to you, man, for, for that. He called us a must listen show. That was a big deal five yeah. minutes ago when he tweeted. It was. It's <laughs> I, still must listen. You I, know? I got, I got a, I got a, a article, um, before the show started. He did a story on this story because he was Damien was the, the guy. I was just nobody coming out of nowhere, but. Damian Barling makes his return back to radio with D-Lo and KC. Joe D wrote uh, on that, and uh, I got my mom end up framing that and giving that to me, that article. Oh, that's yeah. fire. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. No, that's, so that's a, really a, a Joe Davidson acknowledgement in any arena still matters. Well, and, and, and having contacts and connections, and I did a story on Sunday in the Sacramento B. Andrew Jones is in his 30th year coaching men's basketball at Sacramento mm-hmm. City College. And I think JC is a big deal mm-hmm. and they're always full of be all Metro kids. And sometimes they don't all land. And, and he was, I remember talking to him 10 years ago and he sat out a season because he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And no matter how you word that brain tumor is a scary deal. And he said in, in my story, he goes, all I wanted was 10 more years. They took a golf ball sized tumor out of the back of his head. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to see his son turn 20. That's all I wanted. So here it is 10 years later, and his son is one of his star players, A.J. Jones, 17 points a game, 6'3 guard. They're 18-2. and two. They're ranked 10th in the state. And it's like, you're still here. <laughs> and he, those stories still matter um, because guys like yeah. that matter. And he still can't look straight up the coat above your, your, your hat line or whatever because he'll get double vision. So that that tumor still has a lasting effect. So guys like that matter. And he sent me a wonderful note and said it was a big, big hit in the family. I have that story and, and thank you. And I said, well, thank you for trusting me for handling that. And, and I had people reach out and said, I've known him for years. They didn't know he had a, yeah. a tumor. And I only, I just remember that from years ago, he trusted me to, to, to have that information years ago. And um, so there's the stories don't run out guys. They're, they're always out there and I enjoy looking around and whether it's the high school teams and uh, you know, I know Kenny's a McClatchy grad and he's going to ask me how the boys are doing. Not well. The girls are our second girl. ranked girls team. My girl, Nina. Kane. Fantastic. Kane and Jim over there. Nina Kane. She's a problem. <laughs> she is. She's, she's a, a national recruit junior six foot two post moves. Got a 10 foot fadeaway jumper runs the floor four Oh student. I mean, just everything. Right. And, their, uh, their only local loss, the McClatchy Lions, was to our number one team, the Folsom Bulldogs, who have a national recruit. Who looks Who's recruiting like... these national kids? Not asking for anyone in particular, just kind of <laughs> exactly. curious. You know, down Who's... in Duke or something. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, the, um, and, and that's Cameron Mafua of uh, Folsom. She's a 6'2 forward, is going to go to Cal. And, and we all know a lot of kids stay on the West Coast. Yeah. If they're West Coast kids, they like to stay on the West Coast because there's the comfort of home. You know, Kenny played in the Bay Area. You know, there's 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 something to be said about having family come in to come watch you or to be able to get home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I say a national recruit, it means they're getting interest and offers from everywhere. And so that's, um, you know, we talk about how times have changed, not just with social media, but we, we have we have girls basketball has never been better. I don't think boys basketball has ever been better. We have more schools. I think since Kenny, you've been in high school and you and Damien, we must have 30 more high schools in this Real. region. Yeah. And that's Monterey trail. It's Rockland. It's uh, uh, Whitney Vista. Del Lago, 12 bridges went up like a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't even like graduated the first senior class. Yeah. Right. And, and that's a new school in, 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 uh, in Lincoln and Placer County. And, and, you know, and kudos to 12 bridges. They didn't just come up with a mascot. They came up with something cool. The raging rhinos. <laughs> not 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 lions. Sorry, Kenny. See, yeah, not well, eagles. Well, hey, no. hey. Sorry, no. Damon. You know, I mean, you know, something something <laughs> different, something fresh. And of course, the rivals, the Lincoln Zebras, which is unique and different. It is. It so is. we like that. We applaud that. Uh, r- real quick about about the high school stuff. I, I got to give a shout out to 
to my old conference because it's been been downtrodden a little bit in the past. But it seems like, at least in boys' basketball, it's cooking this year. I mean, we got Monterey Trail doing their thing. We got Laguna Creek in there. Burbank doing their thing. Shout out Kennedy doing their thing. Metro Grant League Pacers. is Grant. Metro League kind of back, even though this is the last year before half of those schools. Realignment, move, right. Yeah, move no, somewhere the, else. But it, it's popping I, I grew up with the Sacramento being in the, you know, 89 was my first year in the early 90s of going to Metro League basketball games. And it was so good. I'm this small school product from the Oregon mountains. We didn't see team like this. We didn't see crowds like that. We didn't see athletes like this up there. And so I went to a game last week. It was uh, Monterey trail at Burbank place was packed. It was great to see. Mm -hmm. Um, And Monterey trails are number two ranked team. They're uh, not even 20 years old. The Oko unified grant, the paces have been around forever. I got a story running this week on super sophomores (laughs) and grant has this kid, six foot four guard named Andre Gomez. And the whole thing with him, before you notice that he's a left-handed dribbler and he's a three-point shooter and he's a thunder dunker, the first thing you're going to notice is he got, he's got the mother of all mullets. Big <laughs> shock of hair here, goes flowing in the back. And I asked him, I said, do you realize you, you can't go into Burbank or Monterey Trail with hair like that unless you back it up? And he goes, I hear it all the time. And then he goes for 30. Uh, but people taunt him and they call him mullet man he goes hey i embrace that so kudos to those kids who have fun with that and the coaches rib them and uh and all that and i told you guys before you know a good value is going to a high school sporting event it's a good ticket value it's a good entertainment value and you guys were talking about vivek randadive and the kings and golden one they've done a great job of partnering up with CIF for the Sacwa King section championships. They're always held at Arco and now golden one, same with the state basketball finals. What a treat mm-hmm. for those high school kids in this state to play in a venue like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. It'll always be a big deal to be able to step foot on that floor. Hell, it's a big deal when we go, Hey, we're yeah. golden one center. It's yeah. pretty dope. That stuff never gets old, which is why yeah. I love, you know, remember, the, remember the days at Arco. We thought, oh, this this looks cool. Why do why do the Kings need a new venue? This is a nice looking ride. Well, <laughs> well, then you get the new ride, and it's like, oh, well, well, no, I I used to ride. I used to think of that about Arco Arena until I saw like the back, <laughs> until I saw the non shiny part where the cameras were and saw right. everything else. I was like, oh yeah. Then you see other arenas, and you go, oh my god. <laughs> oh, when I was what, traveling with the what NBA, is this? You see the new arena, said so this place has got to go. That's, yeah. Right. And it just took forever. So it's, it's when people will ask every once in a while, the Kings still going to stick around. They have a 30 year lease. That partnership's in, it's not going anywhere. And the Kings are in a good spot and downtown's thriving and the beam and uh, all those kind of things. In fact, speaking of the beam, I think last year, Kenny will love this. The McClatchy Lions girls basketball team won a game, and then they shot off their own burgundy that. school color <laughs> beam. I think there you go. Awesome. Don't make fun of it. I mean, this is a cool deal. <laughs> That's awesome. I remember that. Yeah. I love that. Um, you mentioned the top two teams uh, on the women's side uh, in high school basketball. What about the men's side? Rockland, the Thunder, opened in Placer County in 1992. Steve Taylor's been a longtime coach. They're 23-0. and uh, wow. Our number one team, best team he's had, might be his last season as coach. You know, it's a it's a lot of work um, when you're a teacher and you're a family guy and you're a coach. Terrific team. They, they're winning all the close games. They have kids from the football team playing. Uh, great home atmosphere. Student rooting sections are terrific in that league, including at Oak Ridge and Whitney and, you know, Rockland, Granite Bay, uh, Del Oro. Um, so, so that's been good. And then, and then the usual cast of characters, uh, capital Christian is really good and Sheldon of the Oak Grove unified and Jesuit and Franklin. And so some of the same teams, but, um, one thing that we do have, uh, is we're so strong with public schools, mm. whether it's football, basketball, girls, basketball, baseball, it's not dominated by private schools, like in the Bay area or Orange County or San Diego or Los Angeles. And I'm refreshed by that. We do have our small uh, private school powers in St. Mary's of Stockton and Capital Christian and uh, St. Francis girls and Jesuit, but, but overwhelmingly it's, it's the public schools. And um, uh, so that's kind of a neat thing. And I don't, I, I thought that might shift in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Kenny remembers that when Jesuit was so dominant and everything and people there were people were suggesting, well, if you want to get a scholarship, if you want to get media coverage, if you want anything, you have to go to a, a private school. Not true. Yeah. Not true. You know, just go, uh, especially now with 
social media and film, um, you can be seen more than ever. And it still comes down to grades. You know, you could be six foot six and a three point shooter, but if you don't have transcripts and grades, you're not going anywhere. So those things still still matter. You know, one of the things that um, uh, I've seen some videos and some people talking, and I think they're 100 percent correct. And this goes to the favor of somebody like Coach Jones or, you know, different JCs around the way is because of the way college is now and college recruiting, NILs, transfer portals, all this other stuff. These D1 schools that you think about all the time that you're trying to get a look from, unless you're like a top, it feels like they're like, we're just going to look in the transfer portal before we look at an 18-year-old kid. You know what I mean? So what's going to happen? Exactly with, right. What's, what's going to happen with these, you know, good ball players that aren't great is the D2s, D3s, JUCOs, are going to turn into the new Division One. That's where you're going to be looking to get your your big time recruits because with the transfer portal, they're just, oh yeah, uh, I need a point guard. I'm not going to look for a freshman. I'm going to look for a junior that's already been playing college two years and try to get him. And I think right. it's just a shift mindset that these kids should have that I I think is actually a good thing because I think it opens the door for more kids to. It gives them more options as opposed to being like, oh, just D1 is all I'm looking for. No, this right. D2 might be good for you, and you, you can get some playing time. You can play, get your get your resume up, all this other stuff. I, I think it's actually a good thing that people understand what they're looking for. Well, and, and you could speak of this. You know, Kenny, you wanted to play at the biggest conference in America because you were a good player, but then you go where it feels right. Mm-hmm. You know, go where it feels right. And you probably didn't hear of your of your college when you were in high school until you were recruited. Um, and I tell people all the time, if you think you're worthy of college football or basketball, baseball, softball, go look at the local JCs. Go to a game, go to a practice, and see how good they are. Mm-hmm. Sacramento City College, we were just talking about them. They have a kid six foot nine, and he's like a seven footer with this big shock of hair. And his name's uh, he's got the best name around, Dejon Lot, but everybody calls him Money Money Lot, and he was. A, a driving force two years ago when Elk Grove High School won a state basketball championship and he wants to go to D1. Well, he's at Sacramento City College, still learning, still developing, still working on his post game. And he's driven and he's motivated. They're all motivated. He'll he'll land probably at a division one school. He's hitting three pointers, mm. blocking seven shots, scoring 30 points here and there. Um, they all want to shoot for the moon. And if we think of college football, you know, colleges generally have between 20 and 25 scholarships and Sac State and UC Davis or local division one programs are going to sign guys out of the transfer portal because they're already vetted. Mm-hmm. They've already been cleared. They're already you already cleared all those hurdles mm-hmm. and the transfer portal is full of guys looking for a fresh chance. I think it's also full of a lot of guys who are too impatient. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to wait your time. They don't want to wait their time. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it helps those colleges like Sac State and UC Davis, but it might put a squeeze on the high school kids. And my only theme for that is, like I mentioned earlier, go where it feels right. You're not going to college to impress your buddies. You're doing it for you to build your resume, to extend your experiences. And there's great college and basketball small school programs in Southern California, all throughout Oregon, all over the country. They're, they're out there. Well-deserved sports writer of the year yes, right there. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Hey, before we let you go, real quick, our, our boy Coach Patrick, they, they turning it around a little bit over there? Yes. he. he they have two games this week at yeah. home. Um, I, I, I love the guy. I, I think he's got such great passion, and you guys hear it every week on your show. And, and so, uh, Kenny, you'll appreciate this. So, week before last, Capital Christian was playing sack high at Hotel, Dave Hotel Pavilion in Oak Park. Great venue. And there's also, hey, Joe D, and it's Coach Patrick. So what, what are you doing here? And he goes, they're going to hand out their section championship rings that the Sakai Dragons won last year at Golden One. And one of his players yeah. is um, on scholarship at Sac State, and he's going to get his ring. <laughs> and he goes, we brought the whole team because we want to we want to let them know that uh, that we're behind you. Yeah. Plus, they probably want proof that he was a player. Uh, but <laughs> no, I thought the answer that is a that is a healthy um, environment, um, and 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 you know he's such a good spirit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's Mike Wilson who was the guy who who, who was being honored. Um, but you know, it's 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 college basketball. It's tough. It's tough to. And he's got so many new players. He's got guys from around the world because he's a worldly guy and. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're uh, an entertaining team, and I think they'll get going. They get home games, 6 p.m. on Thursday. Mm-hmm. 
and on Saturday in the nest final year in that old yeah, green yeah. I can't wait drabby thing yeah. and then they're going to move to a, a, a venue right there on campus I think better days are ahead and uh you know he's such a funny guy coach Patrick because he's He's so positive. He's so happy. Then you watch him coach. Oh yeah, he's, he's working. He works every ounce of every oh, referee. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Get back on defense, and but he's he's um, uh, he's right there in the right spot. I think he's good. And then over at UC Davis, the Aggies are in first place. Yeah, they're, they're cooking. Yeah, Big West with Jim Les, the coach, doing great things, winning games late dramatically. Um, doing a great job over there. Yeah. Good basketball around here. Jim Les, big crowd therapy guy. That's why yeah. I like him. Big crowd. Yeah, yeah. nice. Big crowd therapy guy. Uh, Joe, we love you, man. Congratulations on the well-deserved honor of Sports Writer of the Year. Uh, you could truthfully get that award every year, man, but we love that you're a part of our team here. Love it. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on, and we'll, we'll see you guys soon. I'll you got it. Joe. Thanks, Take Joe care, D. We might have to – oh, no, we got a live show next Friday. Hey. We might have to extend the invite and see if Joe want to come hang out with Joe us Deacon. at the Oh, casino. We pay in, you know, French fries and chicken Joe, wings and beer. But yeah, Joe D pulled up on us when he wasn't even unsolicited. Invited. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, we put Joe D yeah. on stage and we just hang out and talk a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you, you, real quick, you talked about Jim Les doing cryotherapy. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that video of Stone Cold getting in the cold? T- I have. <laughs> yeah. To be clear, whatever the hell it is Stone Cold Steve Austin is doing, that is not cryotherapy. <laughs> he said, <laughs> was like, uh, nah, we're going to try this another time. Do you saw that? You saw the outtakes one because he has a cut. He has like, he had one where he made it all the way through or something. Yeah, he has one where he I made it. See he, that one. So yeah. he had the one where he's just like he just gets it and it's just Austin. <laughs> F, F, F God, oh, oh, that's the one. Oh, I saw. oh and funny. then after like see, ten seconds, yeah, nah, now nah, we're gonna try this another time. See them? <laughs> see those cold tubs? That's like ten to fifteen minutes mm. cryotherapy, and it's terrible. Like it's awful. Crowd therapy, three minutes, walk in. It's it's three minutes. Yeah. And you move, you know, you move around, do your thing, do whatever. You out and it's over. Dr. Flo was talking about endorphins. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm never in a better mood than the moment I walk out of cryotherapy. therapy. Them mm-hmm. endorphins ride. Maybe one day I'll do it. I shout mean, out, I'll, shout I'll out to my it. people that hurt me, restore. No, you lo- No, you, I don't think you'd love it. Cause I don't, you don't, you hate the cold. Yeah, I hate being you, cold. you wouldn't, you wouldn't love it in that sense. <laughs> but if you just do it's, I'll also say it's exceptionally harder. Like when it's cold and it's raining outside, mm. cause you're walking in, you're like more like times than not, up after that, like you're, you know, you like, I'm, I'm just stripping down, throwing on a towel. I'm already cold. <laughs> and then walking into that thing where life it's is cryotherapy. <laughs> <laughs> right. For real. Right. Um, but uh, speaking of Dr. Flo, her website, uh, flowformayor.com, for those who uh, enjoyed that conversation. That and shout cool. out to everybody. I know that was a little uh, different than things we normally do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm so grateful that y'all uh, hung out uh, and listened uh, to a woman that will hopefully be the next mayor of the city of Sacramento, man. Yeah. I think she's got tremendous ideas. She's got a tremendous vision. She's obviously an incredibly intelligent woman. And I think she could do an amazing job. Uh, running this city absolutely absolutely that was a great conversation with her uh and kudos to the chat who gave us you know the red flag hey be on the lookout there's some there's some <laughs> bad words at the end of the at the end of the video i'm assuming it's from De'Aaron. Uh, it's got to be De'Aaron, but i don't know uh you'll hear finally had it oh i hope it's harrison. oh that would be amazing <laughs> if it's harrison we won't dump it <laughs> oh harrison and to those two blankety blanks on espn thirteen twenty. <laughs> hey just for the record, let it be stated. We're going to hear from Harrison Barnes first. I can't wait to hear Harrison. I just want everybody who hasn't seen the video. There's just Harrison, just not interested in this at all. Just absolutely not interested. So here's what's coming up. You'll hear from Harrison Barnes. You'll hear from Darren Fox. You'll hear from James Ham. You won't hear from Kenny Carraway. Uh, Kenny Carraway's on load management today. <laughs> I need him back for KSFM. He's got himself all worked into a, a fit for 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 this weekend's uh, NFC ready, Championship. Man. I'm ready. So so Kenny's Kenny's got to take a, a hour and some change break before we go do do what we do over at 102.5. So uh, Casey's going to say his goodbye. He's going to step out, and we of course should be back with us for a full show tomorrow. And then those who flip over to KSFM, uh, you'll hear plenty of Kenny Carraway. Uh, over there with me this afternoon, but uh, salute, partner. Uh, you'll miss out on Harrison Barnes' first ever f bomb. Apparently, yeah, I won't even get a chance to hear it because <laughs> we're gonna have to dump it because <laughs> he had enough.
That'd be so great if it was Harrison Barnes. Oh, if it's Harrison, we're letting it fly. So amazing. FCC, be cool, bro. All of that is coming up next here uh, on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. To the bench, pal. You're on load management. Come on. Come on, man. (laughs) Okay, Charlie, we're on the air. We don't need that kind of garbage in here. Charlie, we we don't need that. Uh, Charlie, come in here cackling. You hear this nonsense? Did you hear what he said? No, I didn't. The mics didn't so pick Charlie, it up. So, Charlie, that's my fault. I had Kenny's mics on. Charlie walks in talking about him and Dr. Flo doing the fight song. Uh, and what, 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 what great content that was. Nobody asked for that. You did low-key get jumped during that little interview. Nobody asked for that. I'm doing a little research on Dr. Flo. God, with Kenny here looking at these walls behind me. This is just brutal. Like, I look, I, I look like I'm... That's like, not a good look. This is awful. Like, I look like... This is bad. Dealing with this Casey is straight from the crazy place? Straight from the insane asylum. Like, I know we're a little nuts, man, but this is crazy. We either need to upgrade on cameras and we need some damn. Somebody, we need to cut this and send this to our bosses and be like, yo, this is what it looks like. It looks like you've got your boy broadcasting outside of a padded walled building. It, it, it's the equivalent to like moving into your place or whatever. And like, you've got the couch up, but that's the only thing you have. Like, you got so the little bad. poster in the backup, but that's the, it. And the TV's on the crate. Like, yeah. This is such a bad look. It's oh my gosh. Professional, I guess. This is terrible. All because Kenny needs load management today. He's probably going to hang out with Dr. Flo, have some drinks, get their jokes off. Yeah, you're right. I did get jumped. Yeah, and Io, my boy Io, who's listening to the whole thing, nowhere to be found. Just let me get jumped. They sang the whole song. They really did. They really did. Whatever. Anyways, let's 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 get these. Well, crap. How do I? How do we do this? Yeah. So let's let's see. I'm gonna have to put. Do I put Jesse in here and then go here? Now, why does Jesse have to? Man, whatever. You can't do the single, the single, the single um screen. I, I don't think so. Like just, oh, yeah, there yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. There, there it is. All right, partner. Uh, here's Harrison Barnes. Uh, I guess it's they, he, we're not going to play the whole thing. The clip is like six minutes and fifty two seconds. But we know who cussed, by the way, and it was not Harrison. Well, I didn't think it was. Was it, was it Sean, De- Sean Cunningham? Sean cussed. Yeah, that's what the chat said. Oh, sure. It was was it at the end of De'Aaron's video or Harrison's video? I'm not video? sure which video it is at the end of one. That helps. That does not. I'm help not sure, anything. but I know Sean did it. All right, let's listen to Harrison Barnes here. Coming up, um, you've been in the league a long time, but but seven games, fourteen days, is that still kind of tough? Even at this stage in your career, you guys used to that. I think the biggest thing for us is you know getting the road trip off started right, um, just maintaining focus. I think you know, we've been on a variety of road trips. Whether you, you know you start off winning early. You know, hit some bumps along the road, start off, you know, a slow start, kind of pick it up towards the end, I think. But where we are in the standings, where we are in this point of the season, um, it's just really just about, you know, can we feel good about this road trip at the end, knowing that, you know, we give ourselves a shot every single night. What adjustments did you see from the last game? Um, I thought we just did a better job uh, for, for 48 minutes of kind of just, just playing our style of basketball. Defensively, I thought we've we've gotten better. Uh, we've had lulls that have allowed us to, you know, lose games in that four-game slide there, so... I thought just kind of putting together just a better better 48 minutes. And then seeing like you guys have had free throw struggles, obviously, of late, um, it looked like it was kind of a concerted effort even on your end to, to try and kind of get it down in the paint and try to be, be impactful there. Uh, was that kind of the thought process there? For sure. I think, you know, the biggest thing, you know, we can talk about, you know, missed free throws, but you know, we shouldn't shy away from getting to the free throw line. You know, we still have to attack. We still have to, mm. you know, keep that balanced attack. You know, we don't want to just all of a sudden just say we're going to shoot 53s a game, just never shoot free throws because we're not making them. So I think just for everybody, you know, continue to be aggressive and then get to the free throw line and, it's a make or miss shot, you know what I mean? Don't think twice about it. That's a hell of a line. One, the little the little smile on Harrison's face shows, and I don't know why I always pause at the perfect spot with Harrison Barnes, but the little smirk on his face shows, yo, we're well aware that we're missing free throws. We know that you guys are talking about us missing free throws. That can't deter us from getting to the free throw line. That's a bar right there from HB. This is why the man needs to talk more. Domas credit you with the win. You had Malik say it's because of the three days in between games. Can you kind of shed light on as to why that might have been so important? Hey, I mean, anytime you get off your legs, you know, that, that, that's important, you know, lighter practice for sure. But not time for all of us. Um, it was just coming together and just saying, like, look, you know, we've worked, you know, hard to get this season on the right tracks. You know, we've had a four-game slide. You know, it's easy to kind of, you know, let go of the rope at this point in the season. You know, easy. getting tired, things like Getting tired, things like that. So I think the biggest thing is just, uh, like I said, just getting back on the, on the right track. Having a game like you did, just what was working for you? 
Well, I mean, I think you know, as a group, you know, we always feel good. We always feel like, you know, no matter, uh, you know, what's going on outside of, you know, Fox and Domash, you know, anyone can step up and, and have a good night. So uh, it's really just a matter of just being ready. You know, obviously you had another big game, the opening game of the season, the first game, and then on Monday night. You know, what does it mean to you to be able to get going offensively? And if how much do you feel that's an asset to this team overall, especially as you embark on this road trip? Yeah, like I said, I think the biggest thing for us is just maximizing opportunities. You know, I don't know when the last time I shot 20 shots in the game was, but, you know, when those opportunities arise, you want to be aggressive, you know, step into them. You know, your teammates, coach have confidence in you, and, you know, make plays from there. We'll hit pause right there. Um, as, as we mentioned, this is a long clip. There's still there's still four minutes. And, of course, we can go back to it. James Ham's going to join us uh, at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Um, Harrison, you know, smiling at the fact that, 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 that Malik said, you know, get, getting off our feet, having three days off, and Mike was quick to point out because Malik said, for those who missed that little exchange, Malik said in in, in the postgame uh, after the Atlanta game, when w- w- what was it that got Harrison Barnes going? And Malik, without with, with just without even blinking, three days off. And tell Mike, tell Mike, we said it was three days off. That's what it was. And, of course, you know, James Ham, who will be with us here in a couple of minutes, you know, comes around. Mike Brown comes, comes to do his press conference, and, uh, Mike says, well, uh, 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 James tells Mike, Malik told us the reason Harrison played so well was because you guys had three days off. Mike was quick to point out they didn't have three days off, but it's clear, especially by what Harrison said there, they had lighter practices. Remember, that's a, that's a Mike Brown thing. Mike Brown practices a ton. It was a thing last year, and I don't think anybody really batted an eye at it. It's another one of those, it's another one of those things where you know, like we talk about the the quick timeouts, like maybe it's not as charming as it was last year, and we don't see Mike really doing that anymore. Like the quick timeouts, those teaching moments, those pulling guys aside. Of course, he still pulls guys aside, but we don't really see timeouts ten seconds into a game anymore. We don't see you know that 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 quick timeout, gather everybody, go over something that he didn't like on the first possession, and send everybody back out there. You knew it was probably a trigger you could only pull a couple of times before it's like, Mike, what the hell are you doing? And it's probably something you can only do during the course of one season. And another Mike Brown trait is that he practices a lot, and that's not just with Sacramento, where he had to figure things out last year and you know, get guys to play a certain way and buy into a certain thing. That was the Lakers. That was Cleveland. That's Mike Brown as a coach. Mike Brown believes in practicing. And I think the point Malik was trying to get across uh, when he said, tell Mike Brown Harrison Barnes had this game because because of the three days off. It was one. I think it was the fact that they actually did have a day off. They practice Saturday and Sunday. We know that because there was media availability Saturday and Sunday. But I also think those practices were probably a little bit different. And Mike even alluded to that might have been the Atlanta game where he's like, at this point in the season, you're not getting a lot of contact anymore during practice. Like you're not getting up and down the floor. You're not running the same way that you were during training camp. You're not running the way that you were uh, at the beginning of the season. We're over halfway through the season now. We're not going to get, you know, those five-on-fives anymore. You're not going to get big contact during practice. So practices got to change. Practice got to lighten up. And sometimes the practice is light in terms of, phys- you know, the, the, the physicality of it. But it's long because they're they're stopping. They're going over stuff. They're going through plays, going through drills, or they're watching film. And so I, I think – I. Th- I think maybe Mike heard that message because Mike's been getting I think Mike's been sending himself some messages lately as we saw the the response to De'Aaron and Malik playing uh, too many minutes and you know Davion Mitchell getting back in. Uh, and then it sounds like they had a couple of light days, uh, lighter days of practice. That was Harrison. Again, uh, there's much more uh, from Harrison Barnes. Uh, but let's hear from De'Aaron Fox now. De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes both spoke today at practice. Taking Here's some pride out of the body and up up there? Uh, definitely, definitely. Oh, how, uh, how do you feel like uh, – I saw obviously the news yesterday with the Olympic team being part of that pool. Uh, what does that mean to you? Uh, I mean, it's an honor to be able to represent my country. I mean, uh, I talked to Grant a little bit, so um, I, was, I was already in the loop. And uh, – Obviously, I want to continue to focus on what we're doing right now, but uh, it's definitely an honor to be uh, 
be able to be mentioned with a lot of those players who have um, already won gold medals. Being a part of that before, does this feel like it might come at a better time in your career? Uh, definitely. And uh, obviously, um, it's FIBA is a bit different for, for the U.S. than yeah. it is you know, viewed around the world. But uh, just being able to be in that contention to be in the Olympics, which is something that um, obviously America takes a lot more seriously than other things, uh, is definitely an honor for sure. Obviously, the NBA is a goal growing up, but, but do you kind of think about the, the Olympic team and, and playing on that, that level as a kid, too? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, watching for us, you know, people my age, being able to watch the Redeem team um, definitely has mem definitely puts memories in your head. And um, for me, obviously, the way that, like, someone like Melo played in the Olympics and, and what he did, I think, uh, are lasting memories. So uh, being able to be in that position is definitely an honor and a blessing. You started out really hot this year and have kind of just slowed down a bit, but how difficult is it to sustain just that level that you were at at the beginning of the year? I mean, I think consistency is always that word. So, um, you know, you want to be as consistent and just knowing that you go through slumps is, is human and normal. Uh, but just trying to be able to get to that level of play while also winning games is definitely a goal. Where do you feel like you guys have been at as, as a team recently? Um, like I said before, we have to be able to finish games. I think um, the road trip, we could have easily gone you know, four and one, but you come back going two and three um, isn't something that you want to do. But we, we handed a couple games away um, and then just not being able to protect home court uh, like we wanted to and like we did uh, before we went on that road trip is something that we have to be better at. The stretch that Domas is showing. I mean, I know you guys talk about him all the time, but in terms of maybe not getting the love he, he needs, but it, the numbers itself, is it kind of blow you away what he's even be able to do you have like a idea of what he is and then he maybe even go to a next level with some of these triple doubles and double doubles yeah i mean like we said before uh, those are things that he does on a normal basis and um uh you know we don't want to necessarily get used to it or get numb to it but um he's going out there and he, he's doing what we expect him to do uh and if people you know aren't taking notice of that that's on them We'll stop it right there. Uh, De'Aaron does talk for another two minutes, but I don't know when Sean Cunningham cusses, so we'll just pull that. We'll pull that down. I was kind of right excited there. to find out. I, I was too, but like we don't really. What I'm just curious, like what context did Sean cuss? Maybe he dropped his camera. Like that's uh no, I don't know. Like that was literally Sean Cunningham's video we were using. But shout out to the chat for for alerting us that 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 was out there and. That's that's all talking to the media is. That's all it is right there. Like De'Aaron didn't he he didn't say anything. And it was fine. It was perfectly fine. What Monty McNair's done for years since he's got here. Thank you. That's exactly what it is. Monty McNair ever, for 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 the for the first two pandemic years. We aired Monty McNair press conferences, and by the time we got to the third one, it was a joke like, okay, we know he's not going to say anything, but we're going to air it because it's Monty. De'Aaron Fox, same thing. He's not going to say anything. We just want to hear from him. You offer a little bit. I've actually never heard him. He actually did say a couple of things as it pertains to USA basketball that I thought were fantastic. He, he acknowledged that he, he, he spoke to Grant Hill. And and I think that goes along with what Kenny said. You know, Grant gives him a call like, hey, you know, we didn't do what we were supposed to do in terms of FIBA. Let's, we need to retool things. Yo, you're in the mix for this. And talking glowingly about the Olympics. And that's the other thing. He said something that a lot of guys don't really want to acknowledge because USA basketball doesn't want players to think like that. But FIBA is not a big deal in the United States. It's the Olympics. The World Championship is cool, or they call it the World Cup. Now, like that, that's cool. But the Olympics is different. Representing your country in the Olympics is an entirely different thing. And De'Aaron acknowledging that I, I thought it was dope. He talked about Melo and the Redeem team and all of that. Man, that's some really good stuff uh, from De'Aaron Fox. But he offered. Nothing on Domas, nothing on the road trip. He didn't say anything that we haven't been talking about for a week. It only becomes a story when you don't talk. And he didn't say anything that we don't already know. How many guys, Malik, Mike, Domas, hell, Keon might have said it. Yo, we've got to finish games. That's what this all boils down to. 
We had a significantly better road trip than our record shows, but we have to finish games. That's all he said. Um, and now they got a now they got one against the Golden State Warriors tomorrow, and the Warriors. It'll be a second night of a back to back for them. Uh, they're at the Chase Center tonight. They're hosting the Hawks. It's obviously going to be an incredibly emotional night for uh, for the Golden State Warriors as it's their first game uh, since the passing of their assistant coach. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 